All right, well, 180, uh, in spite of the fact that we're, uh, we've been a little toned down tonight, uh, I can genuinely say I'm excited to be here uh, because tonight we're continuing our series in 1 Peter, and we're going to continue to examine what it means to live as foreigners in a familiar world. And if you've been here the last few weeks, you'll know that we're uh, learning about what does it mean uh, to consider heaven our, our home. And for those of us in Christ, we're foreigners. Peter calls his audience exiles. We're outsiders to this world. And as we're getting into this part of the series, we're about halfway through the letter. And Peter is encouraging his audience to live in this tension of being in the world, but not being of the world. What we're about to discuss tonight is how Peter is calling his audience to live in light of a complete and total identity shift. And they've experienced that change because of Jesus. So briefly, let's review a couple of verses that we've touched on already in this series where Peter hits on this reality. In chapter 1, he says this, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Friends, we have experienced a new birth because of Jesus' death and resurrection. We have gone from being orphans to becoming children of God, and therefore brothers and sisters of Christ. And so we share with him the inheritance of an eternal life with God the Father. And it's going to be perfect beyond our comprehension. It will never fade or die uh, his revelation says, Behold, I am making all things new. That's what ultimately gives us hope as followers of Jesus. It's this idea that we don't have to live differently in order to receive the inheritance. We live differently because we receive the inheritance, because the very fabric of our identity has changed. And in light of this, as we examine a few verses in the heart of chapter 3, we're going to find them to be incredibly practical and in how they call us to live. Because of what Jesus has already done for us, we have the privilege of living out a new identity. And we're called to live out that identity in a few distinct ways. So tonight what we're going to talk about is the fact that because of what Jesus has done for us, we're called primarily to three things, or at least Peter hits on three in this passage. Being unified as believers, being faithful when suffering for righteousness, and being ready to share our hope and love. So as we turn to chapter 3, starting in verse 8, uh, Peter's going to start to expand on and make a culmination of his previous section. And he writes, Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing." Because of what Jesus has done for us, we are called to be unified as believers. And as I mentioned, this is a culmination of the previous section. That word finally there is our clue. As Chad talked about last week, Peter had been addressing how to live as good witnesses in relation to other non-Christians in their local, in their context. But if we are not at peace with one another, all of that is rendered an exercise in futility. And given that Peter's letter is written to this uh, scattered group of uh, Gentile Christians who are experiencing hardships, this statement makes a lot of sense. 
Because when things are hard, when difficulties come, what do we want to do? We want to either push the blame onto other people or we want to blame our circumstances. Rather than taking responsibility, choosing humility, and pursuing unity in Christ in the face of those things. Now you hear all the times about factions and churches going against each other. If you've ever grown up in church, you might have some idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, but people speak ill of one another, you get infighting. And I remember uh, my wife Emily and I, when we first joined staff, we ended up meeting with uh, a pastor of a small town church. And he'd been starting to pastor there about a decade before. Uh, and when he first started there, there was about maybe 12 or 15 members of this church still left. But by the time he met with us, about a decade later, there was about 90. And this is a small town church, mind you. So we're like, hey, how did that happen? That's really encouraging. And he gave me such a frank answer. He said, well, to be honest with you, a couple key people left and a couple key people died. And I just said, I'm sorry, did I hear you right? Um, a couple, they, they died? And he said, yes. And he explained himself. What he said was, there was such infighting in the church that nothing could ever get done. And it wasn't until those people like kind of left that growth was able to happen. Give me an example. Uh, one of the things they fought about were windows. So this was an old church, and so they had these single-pane windows. If, you ever, if you're in a college house right now with single-pane windows, you know how cold and how ineffective those are at, during the winter. But they had cracks in them. Some of them were broken with plywood. And if I remember right, he said they argued for nearly two years about what to do about these windows. And because they were so focused on these things, they couldn't agree on anything. They're fighting one another. They're not unified in humility in one mind. They couldn't be a blessing to other people very well. And we need to remember that ourselves. So how can we seek the unity that allows us to be a blessing to others? First of all, and I'm going to say this multiple times tonight, so forgive me, you can always pray. Ask the God of peace for the peace that surpasses knowledge and the ability to love those you struggle to love. Rather than dwelling on your feelings about a brother and sister in Christ and your negative feelings, pray and ask God to give you the opportunity to love, care for them, and serve them instead. Now, I say this, uh, some of you at some point have probably gossiped about uh, relationships uh, that maybe some of your friends are having, or there's the will they, won't they thing, right? Um, instead, rather than gossiping, you could choose to encourage your friends or maybe if that's hard for you, just don't talk. Either way is fine. <laughs> um, some of, sometimes, and I've been this person before, uh, we get a little too competitive with one another. Maybe it's playing sports or games or even academically. Uh, we see the person next to us and we say, oh, I'm going oh, to one-up that person next time, right? But that's not what we should be doing. We should be encouraging one another and building one another up. And that allows us to keep that unity. But also, we need to choose humility over pride. We need to put our egos aside. So I remember it was my senior year of college. I was early in my senior year of college. I'd been involved in crew for a while. And a few friends and I, uh, we had some problems with things that were happening at the time. Now, I'm going to tell you, all these years later, I don't remember a single one of them. So, I mean, I don't know how important they were. But uh, if I remember generally, it felt like some of them felt a little more legitimate than others. Um, but I remember constantly complaining about it with my, a few friends. And Emily and I were dating at the time, and one of the things that she finally just said was, 
well, why don't you stop, insert the curse word of your choice, and actually do something about it then rather than complaining to me? And I'll tell you that uh, that wakes me up. She's really good at that, uh, thankfully. So. so me and my best friend, we decided, okay, we're going to do something. So we gathered a group of leaders together. There was maybe about a dozen of us or so, met at my house uh, to try and talk about, hey, what are the things that we feel like we need to see changed or things we want to see solutions for? And we kind of realized, okay, a couple of these are kind of important. Some of these other ones were just nitpicking. And then we said, okay, we'll come back in a week. Uh, we, sched- we found a time that worked and said, we're going to pray. And then we're going to come back and we're, the- we're not complaining. We're not going to say anything negative. We're not going to complain, nothing. We are going to come up with solutions, and it is only when we come up with the solutions that we will bring those forward uh, to our team leaders at the time. The idea being that, like, we want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Uh, If you can guess, about a week later, and trust me, we reminded people, we texted people, uh, one other person showed up instead of a dozen. And so what we learned was that people were more interested uh, in complaining And uh, feeling prideful, like, I wouldn't let these things happen, or I can't believe this is happening, rather than choosing humility. Because when we choose humility, we choose grace. We choose to say, people make mistakes, or things aren't always as they should be. We live in a fallen world. How can I help reflect Christ in a fallen world? So we need to pursue that kind of humility instead. Peter continues on in verse 13. He says, Now who is there to harm you if you were zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. For it is better to suffer for doing... Thank you. It is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Because of what Jesus has done, I'm sorry, uh, we, are called, we need to be faithful when suffering for righteousness. What, did my mic just turn up? Yes. Okay, I thought it did. <laughs> oh, all right, okay. Let's go, let's go. If that got higher energy, just wait for praise at the end. It's going to be great. All right, we're going to hype the band up a little bit. Again, we are called to be faithful when suffering for righteousness. Now, I want to add a couple caveats here. It's one thing to suffer for making bad choices. So, uh, obviously, there were a lot of midterms next door. If someone didn't study for that midterm, they're probably going to do pretty poorly. Or uh, maybe some of you are turning, have turned 21 or about to turn 21. If you have 21 shots at J-Bar on your 21st birthday, don't be surprised if you get your stomach pumped at Oblenis. And trust me when I say, you do not want to end up at Oblenis. Just FYI. You don't want to go there. Listen to the nursing major. Okay. So again, Peter is not talking about the suffering that is because of bad choices. He's also not talking about suffering due to circumstances beyond your control. So for example, if you have a family member or friend who has like, maybe someone's dying prematurely of cancer, we know that that's tragic. But it's not the kind of suffering Peter Peter is referring to here. What he is saying is that hardship will come at times because we are pursuing righteousness. Just to give you an example, uh, I met with a student regularly spring semester of last year. His name was Rocky. And 
Rocky had gone through some hard times uh, because he'd been out drinking a lot with his buddies over the course of the year up to that point. But he had decided, he'd had a couple wake-up call moments, and then he trusted Christ, and he decided, I do not want to drink because I don't want to, A, I want to honor Christ, and B, I don't want to go down the road where I end up, you know, in a bad situation. And at first, his friends were pretty understanding, like for the first couple weeks or so. But then after that, it kind of grew into this, like, hey, why aren't you out with us, man? Why aren't you like, uh, you know, like, it's not that big a deal. Like, you kind of, you're taking a break. You're good now. Come on, let's go. And after a little while, when he just kind of kept refusing to go out with his, with his friends, he had realized, he confided in me, he said, like, I think there is about a few weeks, I haven't heard from my, like, future housemates that I signed a lease with at all. And so what had happened was Rocky had essentially tried to sacrifice drinking. He was trying to pursue uh, righteousness uh, by not drinking or drinking to excess. And it cost him people he thought were his friends. And so that's what I'm talking about when we say, that's what Peter's talking about when he's talking about suffering for the sake of righteousness. Now we're called to be faithful, and so how do we do that? In the midst of that, we need to not be afraid. Now Peter makes a very direct reference to Isaiah chapter 8, and it's in Isaiah chapter 8 that he's been called to prophesy to the people of Israel in the Old Testament concerning their sin and the consequences that were coming because of their idolatry, specifically an invasion. And in spite of the fact that the Israelites hated Isaiah or were going to hate his message, the Lord calls upon him not to fear the people of Israel. Not, don't fear your own people. Because I, you know, I, the God of heaven, the Lord of armies, have ultimate power and authority. And so we should respond in the same way with faith, when faced with unrighteous opposition. You may be in a class at some point, or maybe you already have been, where you have either non-Christian professors or um, you know, non-Christian classmates uh, who are openly antagonistic uh, toward following Jesus. It could simply be that you have friends who want to push you into things that ultimately don't honor Christ. But we don't need to be afraid of those things because we have Christ. And that's also why we need to bring our troubles to him when we do have fear. Because we're human, we will have fear. But again, we have Christ. So pray, talk to God, be honest with him about your struggles and your doubts. And I could give you numerous Old and New Testament examples if you want to hear them later, but the point is, your doubt is not too big for him. So in seeking to be honest with God, I think what you'll find, at least what I've found in my experience, is that you'll get God himself. And that is ultimately what you need during periods of hardship, even if that hardship is unfair. All right, and Peter continues on in the second half of verse 15, and he says this, he calls his audience to always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for, the, for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So because of what Jesus has done for us, we are called to be ready to share our hope in love. Many members in Peter's largely Greek audience had likely converted uh, from paganism and no longer engaged in certain cultural practices of the day, 
such as required worship of the Roman emperor, food sacrifices to the gods, uh, idols in their homes. They'd given those things up. And just like them, when we trust Christ, we're called to live out of our new identity because we have a life with God and we find our hope in him. And so as our lives begin to look differently, when people see us living this way, uh, contrary to cultural expectations or to the way we once lived, uh, people may naturally be confused. Some of them may be judgmental. But we have to meet those things with care, understanding, compassion, empathy, not judgment. We are not to return, as Peter mentions earlier in verse 9, repaying evil for evil or reviling for reviling. We see that happen frequently uh, in our world today, and it's, called, uh, it's often called cancel culture. And what it's doing is it's trying to, it's trying to find justice. And the de- desire to find justice matters. But it also can lead to this divisiveness and accusations and sometimes reviling others uh, prematurely, un- unnecessarily. We're called to kindness and love and to forgiveness and to bring people to a knowledge of the grace of God. So how do we share our hope in a way that is respectful and kind? I'm going to say it again. Start with prayer. I know it sounds redundant, but asking God to change your heart, literally always at the top of the list. When in doubt, just pray. Because we want to be people who consistently express the love of Christ in our everyday interactions with people. And what better way to know the heart of Christ than through his word and through prayer? And that's the first way you can prepare yourself to have these kinds of conversations. Uh, But there's a few other things you can do as well. So don't be afraid to deal with questions in your own walk with the Lord. Because the odds are, if you have a question now, or if you've had a question before, A, seeking out answers is a good thing. But if you seek out answers from the scriptures and from prayer, uh, from theologians and historians, uh, depending on what your question is, those things can go a long way and prepare you to have these conversations in the future. You can also go out and intentionally engage with others in spiritual conversations. And I say that because nothing prepares you better for spiritual conversations than spiritual conversations. Funny how that works. You can ask, if you're someone who's never done that before, uh, and you're like, hey, I would love to talk about these things with my family or some of my friends, uh, ask an older student or ask a crew staff member anytime. We can, show, we can talk with you about what that could look like, uh, depending on your situation. We'd also be happy to model for you what it looks like. We're welcome to, you're welcome to come ask anytime. You also need to empathize with others and seek to understand those who disagree, you disagree with. We were once without the hope of Jesus, right? Looking for that hope elsewhere in all the wrong places, so to speak. We were once beggars, uh, starving, trying to find bread. But now that we've found the Jesus, the bread of life, we don't get to judge others for looking in all these weird places too. It's like, why is he looking over there? You were looking over there 10 minutes ago, man. Chill. <laughs> That's not what we're called to do. We are called to empathize with people and understand, man, I've, I've looked there before. Well, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I talk to you about this? Like, why are you looking over here? Can I show you a better way? Empathizing and understanding where people are coming from involves asking good questions. It involves not making uh, assumptions about people. 
and trusting that the Holy Spirit will lead you to ask the right questions. Also, be honest. People can tell when you're trying to sell them something. And now maybe this is because I'm older. This may, I don't know if this experience will be similar for many of you. Show of hands, how many of you have ever gotten a random message from somebody asking how you are, and then that's followed up with, hey, so I have this promising business opportunity. Does that describe anybody? Okay, more than I thought. Okay. A few of you. Uh, <laughs> I used to get those all the time on, like, on Facebook. My point's simply this. Whether it's that sort of situation or not, uh, you can tell when someone is engaging in a discussion with you because they're trying to sell you something, right? You need to walk into conversations with honesty and not trying to sell them salvation because you need to choose to, to listen and to care about where a person is coming from because that is what Jesus did and that's what Peter is calling his listeners, his audience to do. So to recap, because of our identity in Christ, we are called to be unified as believers, to be faithful when suffering for righteousness, and to be ready to share our hope and love. As Peter calls his audience to live out of this new identity in Christ, I would encourage you to reflect this week a bit on what that call needs to look like in your life. Do you need to focus on pursuing unity with one another or uh, seeking to pursue the spirit of humility? Are you faced with a situation where righteousness, it's going to be hard to be faithful in, in righteousness because of short or long-term suffering that it'll lead to? Or do you need to grow in your readiness and ability to speak with love and grace to those who need it? Friends, we have the privilege of living out of our new hope, of an inheritance that is undefiled and imperishable, as Jesus says in Revelation, he says, Behold, I am making all things new. And that's what's being kept for us. So let's cling to Jesus, the source of our hope, and let's live in a way that reflects our newfound life with the God of the universe. Let me pray for us. God, I'm grateful uh, for Peter's words that he penned nearly 2,000 years ago. I'm grateful that uh, he gives very practical wisdom for what it looks like uh, to be foreigners trying to navigate a familiar but also unfamiliar world. God, I ask and pray for us uh, going into this weekend and into next week that we would consider how we could pursue righteousness and how we could live out of our new identity in Jesus, knowing that ultimately he is the one in whom we place our hope. I ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks to our listeners for tuning into this episode of the 180 Podcast, a production of Crew in Southeast Ohio. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like, a share, or leave an encouraging comment, and that will go a long way toward helping others hear about the podcast. The podcast isn't the only thing that we do. Whether you're a student living on campus or if you're still at home studying virtually, we'd encourage you to check us out on social media to hear more about what's going on. You can follow us on Instagram at crew at OU, or to learn more about who we are and what we do, head over to our website, crew at OU.org. We'd encourage you if you visit the site to complete our involvement form to get more connected to all the things that are happening. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another episode of the Morning.